Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Making Inspired Choices with Coach Linda. I'm your host, Linda Stevens-Jones, a certified Christian life coach, and I'm hoping you all have noticed it's been three whole weeks since we've been together, (laughs) instead of the usual two weeks. As March had five Tuesdays, and this broadcast is only the second and fourth Tuesday of each month. Well, even if you hadn't noticed, I'm super delighted to be back with you today. (laughs) I want to welcome and thank not only those of you who are listening live today, But I also want to thank those of you who are listening to the show replay. Welcome and thanks for making time to hear this broadcast. And welcome to our first-time visitors. Keep coming back each month on the second and fourth Tuesday at noon Eastern for some uplift and encouragement, along with some powerful questions for you to ponder about life. I believe you're going to find some really valuable points to take away from today's topic, and especially my guest, fellow coach and author, Bethany Boring, who will be joining us shortly. One more thing before we get into today's show. I want to thank my last guests, Jim and Jean Jones. They shared their beautiful, love-filled, fun-filled 49-year marriage with us, all I can say is go back and listen if you miss what they had to say about the topic, a lifetime together. I had a tremendous time with Jim and Jean Jones on the last broadcast. And now for today's topic, taking off your mask. Let me prompt some of you to say, what mask? Well, do you ever find yourself acting like everything is fine when you interact with others, while on the inside you feel as if you're barely surviving? Do you smile and act happy when you're crying, lonely, or angry on the inside? I know I've been there. That's faking it continuing to act like you've got it together, but truth be told, when it's just you, alone with you, on the inside, you might feel numb or lost or flat out inadequate. That's what I mean by the mask. Possibly for some of you, you've worn your mask for so long that you don't even think of it as a mask any longer. Hopefully that is until now. Well, frankly, if you are wearing a mask of some type in your life, 
whatever caused you to wear it, I hope by the end of today's show, you're more inclined to take it off or that at least it has some sizable cracks in it. (laughs) What if you take off the mask? What do you feel would happen? Or what if you at least acknowledge to someone who cares about you the suffering you're experiencing behind the mask? Here's the crux of this topic. I know it takes courage, but what if, just what if, there's something freeing, empowering, and purposeful that occurs when you remove your mask? and let yourself be fully seen. Warts and all. We've all got them, right? Okay. In case my even asking these questions is prompting some of you to hold on to your mask even more tightly, (laughs) here's why I chose this topic and threw these provocative questions at you. My guest today is someone whose life has been baptized in the fire of wearing masks. But the great news is she found the courage to remove her mask, and she discovered that through a growing relationship with Christ, you can move from surviving with the mask on to thriving when you take it off. So please give me grace for these hard questions I'm asking, but I believe someone needed to hear them. And I'm going to stop right here and introduce my guest. I want us to have plenty of time and let her share some of her remarkable story with you directly. You may want to get a pen and paper handy to take some notes. (laughs) Really. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to introduce Mrs. Bethany Boring as my guest today. Bethany is an ICF-trained, certified professional Christian life coach. She's a fellow graduate of the Christian Coach Institute. Bethany is an award-winning motivational and inspirational speaker and the author of Unmasked, The Journey from Surviving thriving. Bethany personally also works as the Executive Administrative Assistant at the Christian Coach Institute. She defines herself as a child of God who loves to use her passion for change to inspire others. She has waded through the trials and rewards of marriage and motherhood, enjoying being a wife to Steve for over 10 years and mother to three boys, whom I call cherubs, (laughs) ages eight, five, and three. Bethany is a double brain cancer survivor and has overcome numerous other disabilities. She is a nine-year veteran in the field of youth and children's ministry. She has published poetry, featured blog posts for numerous ministry websites, and children's ministry curriculum. She is currently working on a 15-week unmasked challenge 
that will be released this fall for women's Bible study groups and churches nationwide. Bethany always welcomes new coaching clients and speaking opportunities. Good afternoon, Bethany, and welcome to the Making Inspired Choices radio show. It is a great pleasure to have you here. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I'm excited about our discussion. I absolutely love and appreciate what you put into your book, The Rawness, Depth, The Invitation to Get Real, and the inspiration of how you developed your personal relationship with Jesus Christ along the way. So let's hop right in and get my audience familiar with this great work of yours. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Your book title is such a telling and provocative one, Unmasked, The Journey from Surviving to Thriving. What led you to the title, and what was your vision for this book, Bethany? Hmm. Well, I'll be honest with you. When I actually started writing uh, the book, it did not have a title at all. And I know that probably goes against every um, writing coach's um, advice, (laughs) but it did not have a title. And the more I started thinking about it, um, the more my life constantly came back to the focus of surviving. And you hear that all the time, you know, around uh, good parks, even good things. Uh, For instance, if a family comes back from a vacation, uh, the parents are usually, yay, we survived, right? Um, or mm-hmm. even if, you know, just through life, when you're talking with um, anyone, you know, oh, how did work go? Well, I survived, you know. And mm-hmm. it's the constant mentality of our world today. However, I truly believe down deep, way deep inside of us, there's a fire that burns that wants to go beyond the surviving, go on beyond just being okay, but being um, who God has created us to be, to be free and to live the way that God created us to be, and that's called thriving. So that's why I said it's a journey, because it is a journey uh, every day, every step at a time. So the journey from surviving to thriving. Awesome, awesome. Bethany, um, as you know, I made today's show topic, Taking Off Your Mask. And I've asked the audience some questions about wearing masks. And I recognize it takes a lot of courage to let, you, to let ourselves be fully seen. I'm certain that this discussion will help some listeners to do that uh, today. Don't you agree? I agree. I agree. I hope so. <laughs> I love that early in the book you said, this is not a quick fix self-help book. This is a give up doing life the same way and expecting different results book. It's a rest with the giver of a life kind of breed. Hmm. What made that such an important distinction to you that this wasn't a quick fix self-help book? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, because I think we've all been there. We've all, at least, okay, I have. I'm the type of personality, um, which I'm learning to slow down now, (laughs) but I'm definitely 
type of personality that just wants the quick fix. You know, if I can't know how to do something, go on YouTube and figure it out. Or get a book that figures it out. Or, in all honesty, ask my 8-year-old, and he'll tell me how to do it. Um, you know, I'm always looking for the quick fix, less pain, more gain mentality. However, when it comes to being a mask, when it comes to really learning how to do life freely, when it comes to really connecting down deep with that person that God has created us to be, that's a journey. That doesn't just happen overnight. And, in fact, the more circumstances we go through in life, the more of the mask that comes off. So it's, it is a journey. It is very much a journey, and it's not um, a quick fix. In fact, the more that I've – and I still consider myself young. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. more that I've mm-hmm. come across this life, um, God has continually told me to quit moving, to quit looking for um, answers, and just rest in him. And the more I've learned mm-hmm. to rest in him, the more I learn who I'm supposed to be. And – that's what I wanted this book to be more than anything else is not necessarily the five top things to do to take off your mask, but instead <laughs> something to slow everybody down in their tracks and really come to terms with um, the things that might be holding us back in life and to where God wants us to go. Amen. Amen. There are loads of passages in your book that touched me. I'd like to give the audience some of the essence of this rich work by reading one of my favorite passages. Um, It's on page 143. um, Paragraph is titled, The Fear of the Lost. It reads, For most of my life, I've lived with a gnawing fear that something just wasn't quite right. I wasn't sure exactly what this something was, but I felt the constant loneliness, confusion, and lack of purpose tore me apart on the inside. All of these lies that I'd allowed to define my need for a mask kept me at arm's length from connecting with the world. For most of my life, I navigated the Bible, felt comfortable when asked to pray in public, listened to Christian music, and went to church. But I was completely lost, silently trapped inside my own mask. The lies I allowed to define my inside eventually appeared and spilled over to the way I tried to live on the outside. I could easily love others, but accepting gifts, favors, and even cards seemed so uncomfortable to me, and I had no clue why. For years, I felt so confused why everything I seemed to do never brought the peace I so badly longed for. When we settle for a mass life of believing the lies of the world, we lose any chance of real peace and joy that comes from being found as his child. Don't you dare let Satan take your peace. Then you go on to say, I was lost. Yes, I believe you can attend and even join a church, teach Sunday school, and even preach without experiencing a growing relationship with Christ. Quit believing the lie that doing more for God is better than doing life with him. Oh, that was powerful. Fall into a relationship with him out of your brokenness from trying every effort to be found. The found and free in Christ cannot wear masks. 
They refuse to hide behind Satan's lies. They live to show others his face through the way they live their lives differently and passionately. That passage was just amazing to me, Bethany. I'm going to stop there. Audiences, but audience, I hope that gives you some inclination of how powerful this work is. Bethany, that passage captures so much. I've heard similar stories of living with a mask from clients, as I'm sure you have. Tell us why this was so important for you to convey, that feeling of being lost and what was going on behind your mask. Yeah, I mean, I think so many people, um, and this could be, you know, I, I wrote the book um, just because I wasn't, you know, at the time when I wrote the book, I wasn't totally sure if it was just me or if it was other people. And the fun thing about God, I love the way God works, is while I was reading the book, out of the woodwork, and without even me sharing much about what my book was about, I had these amazing, I almost call them divine connections with real deep-rooted Christians that I admired that came to me saying, you know, something's not right. And we'd have these just divine connections. And um, it just amazes me how many people that are in the safeguards of a church, the safeguards of a community, but yet feel completely alone and almost dying on the inside. And it's something that's going on all around us, and yet it's one of those things that we feel so uncomfortable as churchgoers, as Christians, to really talk about because what do you say? <laughs> how do you how do you address the issue? Um, so I just felt like there was something that I had to share that this is my testimony, and this is real, and this is what I was feeling, and that it's okay to vocalize it, that it's okay to share your story, that it's okay to get it out there because here's the thing, if we don't talk about it, if we do continue mm-hmm. to hide behind our mask and pretend like everything's okay, nothing can ever get better. And, you know, there's that thing that constantly had me sharing more in my book than I ever thought I would. <laughs> but I knew mm-hmm. if I did really show who I was, then nothing could get better and people would never be able to feel comfortable telling their story. And part of becoming unmasked is owning your story, finding God in all the little cracks, all of the little unknowns, all of the little pieces of uncertainty, and letting God shine through for who he is. And it's just beautiful. So I'm glad you love that part because I really struggled writing that. Um, and that was just so cool that you pointed that out. <laughs> mm, yeah, that passage really, well, so many passages jumped out at me. This book truly describes a journey from surviving to thriving. I want to be sure you discuss how you see surviving and thriving differently. And you described some distinct and powerful differences in surviving and thriving on page uh, 48 of your book. Would you share some of your views on the differences? Yeah, sure. Um, Surviving and thriving is just one of those um, two very different things. And I love, um, you know, part of my story and part of my circumstances um, does come from disabilities and does come from, you know, different challenges. And, you know, survivors define themselves by the circumstances that they go through. 
they're a survivor um, because they survived cancer. That's a big one. Or I'm a survivor because I survived homelessness. I'm a survivor because I, you know, survived my kids. <laughs> if you're a parent, you're <laughs> But when you thrive, you do not define yourself by your circumstances, but instead you define yourself on who you are in Christ more than anything else. And you define yourself on how you, you know, thrive out of your circumstances that you're a part of. Um, Survivors are always looking for that definition. Um, They're always looking for others to define them. They're always looking for someone to put worth into them, whereas thrivers, they know who they belong to. They know their calling. They know their purpose because they get it from God. And because they get it from God, they know that doesn't change. They don't have to look for the world or for others around them to define them because they know exactly who they are in Christ. So that is the biggest definition, biggest uh, change. And I don't know. That's what I love the most about surviving and thriving. (laughs) Well, well said. You know, as I was reading, even the chapter titles in this book hold beautiful affirmations, such as, um, I am not disabled, but enabled through him. I mentioned in your bio that you've overcome disabilities. Would you tell us about some of what you've personally battled? Yeah, no, definitely. Well, when I was born... Um, I was born actually uh, not breathing or as when I came out. And later on, they discovered that I did have a range of uh, physical challenges. Um, from head to toe, you know, my eyes, my vision, I'm pretty much blind in my left eye. And I'm partially blind in my right eye. And one of the conditions that I have is called caliboma in my eyes, which means the iris wasn't formed correctly. And I just love to the eye doctor because they just, they're blown away. They do not understand how in the world I can see as well as I do because I shouldn't be, you know, seeing twice of that. So it's just amazing. Um, another challenge that I have is my hearing. I am deaf in my left ear. Um, I have a fractured, very fractural hairline type ear canal. There is one there. But it's just, it's so microscopic. It's just hard to tell from the naked eye, even from the doctor's normal equipment. Um, From my right ear, I have a hole in my eardrum, in my right ear. So I've always worn worn hearing aids in that ear. Mm -hmm. And I joke with people because growing up, I would wear these really glasses that would weigh down on my nose because, you know, I was visually impaired. And on each Mm -hmm. side were the hearing aids. So it was a blessing and a curse because blessing was if I wanted to shut the world out visually and audibly, all I had to do was turn off the hearing aid, take off my glasses, and fall into a corner somewhere, you know, and everything was off. Um, And yet it was also hard because if something broke, regardless if it was a hearing aid or part of my glasses, I was stuck. Mm -hmm. I lost all of it. So that was a way of living. Um, And then I also have one short arm, uh, right arm, right hand that's noticeably shorter and smaller than the rest of my body. Um, I've also got a pacemaker, and that's fun. (laughs) But that helps with everything. Um, I'm also a double brain cancer survivor. And, you know, been through that, been through other physical challenges as well. But... You know, the one thing I've learned more than anything, and I love, love, love talking to kids about this, 
because they'll come up to me and go, why is your eyes all weird? Or why is one arm, you know, bigger than the other? Or, you know, why did God even make you like that? And Mm -hmm. I love talking to them. I said, man, I I love having a mirror on hand. Sometimes I don't, but I love having a mirror on hand. Take them up in the mirror. I said, God, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at that hair that you have. Look at those eyes that you have. Do you think God makes mistakes? No, look at me. No. I said, ah, see, you are wonderfully made in him. Just imagine what you're going to do, you know. And it's just one of those really amazing conversations to have. So, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I I mean, that is just, you know, and and I believe every listener can relate to, because we all may have, um, any number of challenges that we've had from birth or that have come about health challenges over our lifetimes. But with the host challenges from birth, you know, you write this affirming, I am not disabled, but enabled through him. That that statement just, you know, is so, so powerful. Um, then there's a chapter, I am not a disappointment, but appointed by him. Talk to us a bit about this topic, Bethany. Yeah, no, I just, oh, my goodness, there's so many um, times in our lives, at least for me, but I think all of us can relate to this, that we just feel like we've disappointed someone in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I know in this chapter specifically, and I remember I struggled writing this one. Um, This is one of those chapters that I had to rewrite a couple times because I did have to talk about um, some of my time in ministry. And one of the Mm -hmm. biggest struggles that I had was when I lost my position in ministry. Nothing by what I did, um, but it was Mm -hmm. just one of those feelings that when you lose a job, um, regardless Mm -hmm. of what the circumstances are, regardless if it's your fault or not, you feel that ownership. And you feel Mm -hmm. like you've just disappointed your family or you disappointed yourself. And you know what, God is so much bigger than those disappointments. And a lot of times, those disappointments that come in our life, there's circumstances that we just think are so big, are really God's time, God's appointed time in our life to show up in some amazing way. And I talk about at the end of the chapter that if this hadn't happened at this point in time, um, I would have missed out on a lot of what my kids had to offer at that point in time in their life. I would have missed a lot of their first steps, these first amazing moments that they had. And also, I would have missed being a life coach, <laughs> you know, because that door completely <laughs> came open um, because of all this that had happened. And it's just amazing to look back now and see that. So I guess my biggest um, encouragement to someone out there, if you just feel like, there's just so much caving on in you, and you just feel like the world's worst disappointment. And remember that you can never, never disappoint God because, you know, God knows everything. <laughs> God knows yes. everything that's going on. So he's the one person on life on this earth that you can never disappoint. But not only that, that he's appointed you to be exactly where you're supposed to be at the exact right time, and he's got you right in the palm of his hand. So don't give up. There's a lot better stuff yet to come. <laughs> Amen. You know, I noticed in this chapter and elsewhere in the book, I saw a common theme about how, about our always being within God's reach 
and that in our disappointments or our lowest moments, God can take that pain and use it for his purposes. In fact, on page uh, 77, you said, um, you can disappoint yourself, but you can never dig a hole enough that the grace of God cannot reach you. I love that. (laughs) I, um, you know, Listeners, I've got so much of this book tabbed and marked you can't you can't imagine. <laughs> In the chapter I am not carrying my past, you shared uh just such a uh bell ringing kind of object lesson. I'd love for you to share that with the audience. Mm, yeah, this is one of my favorite uh ministry moments. <laughs> that you have over the years. It was one of my earliest uh, lessons that I conducted on, it was for my youth group, uh, for the junior high and senior high back then. They were all together in one group. And it was a hard group because I had a lot of, um, shall I say, football players, sports players in the group. And it was just hard. You know, as a woman, and I'll be honest with you, back then I was not, Mm -hmm. I don't even think I'm athletic now, but I was not athletic built at all back then. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to relate to these, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I carried in a uh, backpack that I owned, and I had it laid down with a bunch Mm -hmm. of um, things in there. And so I had, you know, just struggling. I really was (laughs) struggling (laughs) to carry it in. I actually made it a lot more heavier than I should have. And out of the blue, I see this guy, and I knew him very well because he always gave me a hard time. But he was one of those, you know, jocks in the group that said mm-hmm. oh you know come on Bethany I'll get it for you you know so I'm like gosh I, I, should I do this so and it wasn't really planned it was one of those moments that God just took over and I said okay mm-hmm. yeah sure you know can you get it for me and it was so funny because his face when he tried to lift it up was just pure agony and silently <laughs> I'm going kind of laughing you know but I'm trying not to trying to keep my composure you know trying to be a good example uh, all the other students that are there and it was just so amazing because as I was doing that and in the moment and I was so focused on him I totally lost my focus off of one of the sixth grade girls and brand new to our group and she was standing in the back and she slowly made her way up front didn't even say a word until I noticed her and she kind of looked at me and you know it's kind of one of those nonverbal communications you know she kind of looked at the bag mm-hmm. and I kind of nodded and she took it and she kind of you know drug it a little bit for a while and opened it up and all the students were just like in awe of what they saw because inside that bag were a bunch of rocks and they were all um labeled different things shame guilt fear um just so many different things that I put in there and Mm -hmm. I didn't have to say a word for most of that meeting, those students did most of that uh, were, were all by themselves. And really what I did most of that meeting is they looked up the definition of these words. They also had Sharpies, and they wrote their own things on their rocks. And slowly but surely, they took the rocks out of the bag, and we placed it up front. And I'm amazed because a lot of these students that are still in that group that day still have their rocks because they took them home with them, but they didn't have that uh, text on it. They'd actually wrote, written a verse because they did the opposite. So if they had shame on there, they crossed it out. 
they might have put chosen, you know, by God, or um, they had all these amazing words. So I still have mine, too, <laughs> that I had from that day. Mm-hmm. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I I remember um, in the book you said, um, that young lady said at the end, she said, there you go, Miss Bethany, uh, yeah. with a smile. <laughs> we got your rock, so you don't need that heavy load anymore. Yes. Now, yes. audience, I just want you to connect. <laughs> this chapter is about I am not carrying my past. You know, just connect that for a moment of all of those things that have happened in the past that we can strap on to ourselves. That was such a, uh, that was just such a powerful illustration that you, you know, allowed God to unfold right there before you and the you and the young people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And God's awesome like that, isn't he? You think I worked so hard on that lesson, and it didn't go anywhere as planned. <laughs> but yes, it's still one of the same lessons that God continues to show me, even today. Mm-hmm. I won't I won't get into right now, but I just want to tell the audience, in that chapter, uh, you then get into what are your rocks? And I just mm-hmm. pose that question to the listeners. What are your rocks? What are you carrying that it's really time to let go of? You know, maybe when you put some of those rocks down, it's easier to take the mask off. What are your rocks? I love that. Um, Later in the book, you also talk about and I and I thought this was also very very authentic. You talk about it took you years and several wrong turns to finally see that God was indeed actively involved in your life, that you had to hear him through your pain to understand his call on your life. That's something I suspect many can relate to, you know, a life where you feel you've taken several wrong turns. Um, Let me say some more about that. Yeah, um, well, I just, <laughs> when I talk about making long turns, um, you know, I I went through so many things in my life where I just didn't really feel, and I shared this at the beginning of the book, um, but my biggest struggle was looking in the mirror and, you know, in the back of my head, knowing all of these amazing Bible stories and talk about a creator God that, you know, created the moon and the stars and just Mm -hmm. everything right in place. And I had such a reverence for him. But whenever I looked in the mirror, I didn't see that in myself. It didn't make any sense with all these challenges that I had at the time. It didn't make any sense how amazing creator God couldn't, quote, finish me up is what I felt like. Mm -hmm. I felt like he'd already done me halfway and that's it. He kind of sent me on my way and said, have fun with that. It was almost as if I looked in the mirror and I saw myself as a representation of his love in a negative way uh, because he didn't finish up with me. And so it was one of those really just tough things that I had to go through and trying to find my spot, trying to find my place when I felt like all I did was stick out. I never really felt a place to belong. And in doing so, I had all these wrong turns that I took. And... It was just so hard um, because I didn't see God in all of that. 
Like, mm-hmm. even in, when I was younger and I tried to learn how to do soccer or throwing, and I would stay up late at night just constantly doing that movement over and over in my room in the dark, um, wrenching almost out in pain because you have to put both hands on the ball and reach it all the way behind your head. I didn't see God in that. I didn't see the purpose of why in the world would God do that to me, <laughs> you know, just trying to fit in, just trying to find a space, and it's so hard. And yet it was that determination. It was that kind of, I always had this spark in the back of my brain. Like, it didn't equal anything, but yet I just knew I had to keep on going. <laughs> so it's just that drive. And God showed me that. He was there in that. In fact, I still remember the day that I was able to do the correct throw-in. And it was kind of funny because, you know, usually you throw the ball in and everybody runs, but I threw the ball in and everybody just stopped and stared and was just amazed that I did it right. <laughs> so oh, I wow. one of those moments. You know, and I could see God in that. And it's the ability now to look back now that I have a close relationship with him, and especially that my kids are scary, but they're getting older too, and I'm seeing them going through some of the same circumstances. And it's so not the same but different, you know, where they have to choose, are they going to let their circumstances define them or are they going to rise above, and how are they going to do that? And it's just amazing to see how God's already using their life. So I guess my biggest challenge is you can take long turns finding God. You can take long turns trying to find where God is. But don't ever think that you made so many long turns that God's not there. Because I bet when you look back, you'll see his fingerprints in places that you never thought possible. So just look for him. If you haven't found him yet, keep on looking. <laughs> He's there, I guarantee you. He's there. I just, I hope the audience is just chewing on all of this powerful information. Given, um, you know, your uphill challenges from birth, um, all of your life experiences, your trials and triumphs, tell me what are a few of the core values you live by today, Bethany? Mm, yes. The life coach, I'm going values. Yes. <laughs> Love talking about values. Um, but yes, and my top three values. Number one, faith. And the little spark that I was talking about, I didn't realize what that was growing up. Um, I always thought it was just the drive. I always defined it as drive or AKA stubbornness, which I have that too. That's not a value of mine, but I do have that. Um, however, <laughs> I had that deep down realization that even though I didn't know what God was doing, that I finally did trust him. And because I kept on trying to search him out. Even when I was younger, I kept on trying to search him out and trying to find him. Faith isn't necessarily believing that all is well. Faith is knowing that all is well with God. You know, all is well through Christ. So faith is that constant realization that God has it and that you don't have to. (laughs) And I always have that, you know, regardless of what circumstances all around me, I'm just one of those people that goes, okay, God's got it. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, God's got it. I've seen him do it before. He's going to do it again. So faith is one of my top values. Another thing that I have is community. And I define community as one of those just safe places that you can be yourself that um, those around you can be free to be themselves and that safe place where you can share 
and be connected. So that community can be church, that community can be family, that community can be even across the Internet, you know, but that safe place where you can take your mask off and be yourself. And my my last value, um, trying to think about what that is. <laughs> okay, no, my, well, my last value is um, legacy. And because it's not just about the here and now for me, but I love to create um, – like the book, for instance, uh, or create ways to pass down these lessons, pass down these experiences, pass down the stories um, that we have to make sure that the other generations can have it as much as we've enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. there you go, faith, community, and legacy. <laughs> wow, awesome, awesome. You know, um, I want to just chime in on when you say with community, that a place where you can be yourself and not wear a mask. Uh, I think that really ties into what my vision was for this radio broadcast as a place of no judgment where people could just come as they are and whatever their questions or concerns are, they could be received and accepted. So I, I totally, actually I relate to all three of those values, but I, I certainly hope that uh, God is using this broadcast as a, a place of community. What an inspiring and enlightening conversation this is. Um, thank you, Bethany, just for being so well to be willing to share, for being so open and transparent with our audience today, but also in this powerful book. Uh, to our listeners out there, who are wearing a mask, are you ready to take off your mask? We want to hear what's on your mind. What's something that has been said today that really resonated with you? Call us and share your thoughts about anything you've heard in today's broadcast. We welcome your comments and questions. To join us, just call us at 1-646-716-716. 9397. That's 646-716-9397. I have a few more uh, questions, Bethany, as we wait for callers. Um, As one additional insight I'd love for you to share, there's a story in Chapter 13 on lessons you got when you um, you were at a point and you had some unexpected problems with your hearing aids. Would you uh, talk to us about that that uh, situation? Yeah, no, this was back, um, like I shared before, I pretty much deaf in my left ear, and in my right ear I have a um, hole in my eardrum. So this was a problem that happened actually a couple years ago. And my main hearing aid that I have um, in my right ear um, just suddenly decided to quit. (laughs) We knew it was getting old, but we just didn't know that it was quite that old. And it got Mm -hmm. to the point where I was pretty much deaf uh, for a while and just had to function, you know, through life like that uh, for at least a couple weeks until we figured something out. And Mm -hmm. it was one of those... um, really new experiences, actually, is um, just being able to, you know, be silent 
but yet see everybody else's verbal cues. And it's amazing what you can see from people when you can't hear what's around you. You really pick up on those verbal cues, those facial expressions, um, and, you know, how what people will do with their body if they come close to you or far away. And it's just amazing this um, war actually goes on your mind, you know. What are they really saying? What are they really thinking, you know? Um, mm-hmm. It's hard going through that. But what God taught me during that time is just that patience. I've got, you know, a purpose through this. I promise you i got a purpose through this. And it just so happened that during that same time, a uh, foundation that's called the Foundation for Sight and Sound, which is a national foundation, just happened to be in Florida around that time. And they just happened <laughs> to have a, um, a campaign going on that was offering free hearing aids to those that qualified. And I just happened <laughs> to have my youngest uh, that was recently born, um, was born with double hearing loss. So his therapist just happened to know about this foundation that just happened to be here. You know, see all these happenings. <laughs> and one thing led to another, um, I was given a free hearing aid, you know, sent them. But not only that, um, they fitted me for my left side, my left ear as well. And it had been... Gosh, it was so long ago when I was actually fitted for something like that. It just didn't work. And I would have tremendous headaches and work. Uh, and I wasn't hearing anything out of it anyway. And I remember the first time the lady had faith and she's like, let's just try this. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. We'll go back to one hearing aid. Just try it. That was all negative. Mm-hmm. And I remember the very first time she put the hear- or the uh, special hearing aid on me and then she put the earphones on me. She's like, what do you want to listen to? And I said, Oh, I don't know, music. And I said, just turn on the Christian radio station. No joke. The first song that I heard ever in the stereo, surround sound with both ears, was Overcomer by, by Mendisa. <laughs> wow. And I was just, yeah. And I loved it. And it was by both ears, and I heard in stereo. So it was just a total God moment. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, um, I was – I was struck by how you just turned that moment, you know, or that what would have been a moment for any of us to, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And you say uh, at the top of 182, you talk about um, what if we created a buffer in our lives from the questions just long enough to sit quietly and listen for his voice? What is the constant noise around us is very is the very distraction that has been keeping us from truly hearing and seeing his presence in our lives. And you also say, what if we quit asking, I love this question, what if we quit asking, God, where are you? And started saying, here I am, Lord. I am waiting and listening. Use me today. That just blew my socks off. You know, you say, what would happen? Would would our loneliness cease? Would we feel valued in the midst of our trials? And could God use us in the center of our pain? Oh. (laughs) I I, I think I need to frame that that segment of the book. Yeah, and and listeners, throughout this book, Bethany has taken Bible stories 
and parallel those as well, you know, key characters in the Bible going through their seasons of great challenge and how the Lord took those challenges and used them ultimately for his purposes as he was doing the same in her own life. So callers, if you would like to join us, get in on this discussion, please call us now at two I'm sorry, at six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. I would love for you to have a chance to uh, ask Bethany your own questions that you feel prompted by what we've discussed. 646-716-9397. Bethany, um, what would you say you're enjoying most about this season in your life? Oh, wow. Well, let's see. Right now, it's just amazing, actually, um, you know, having the Unmasked book out there. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that you can dream about doing, but actually having it out there and um, reading what God has been doing in people's lives and experiencing that. It's just like when you feel, when you know God has used you and you Mm -hmm. know that stories that you've uh, been through are actually Mm -hmm. changing the lives of other people, it's just, it humbles you to the core, you know, it really does. And not only that, it's almost like God's whispering over me. See, I told you, I told you I was doing something. Come on, baby girl. I got you, you know, and I just, I just love it. It's almost like this dance that I'm doing with God. And as a coach and a speaker and now an author, it's just amazing because I feel like I'm finally at that point in my life where I just feel completely full and just everything had the purpose. You know, like, not that I've doubted it before, but now I just see it coming mm-hmm. to completion. And it's just amazing to see um, waking up every morning and being excited, like, yay, you know, what's today going to do, you know, and <laughs> being able to connect with people. So I am a high connector with people. I love doing that. And mm-hmm. just being able not only to share my story, but to see others for the first time taking that leap of faith or even small steps of faith and chasing after doing that one thing or two thing that they believe that God wanted them to do and just watching from a distance as God, you know, helps them out with that. And it's just, it's just amazing. I love, I love doing what I get to do every day. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, Well, we have a caller on the line. Let me, uh, let's connect with our caller if we can. Caller at 703-887-PREFIX. Press 1 and you're on live with us. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. Uh, great, great job topic today, uh, uh, Ms. Linda. And um, Bethany, I'm, I'm just so moved by your your story and your your ex uh, you're, you're just glory for God and 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 what you've done and, and what you're doing now, and, and I have a couple of questions uh, to ask you. Um, uh, despite the uh, physical differences that you had, when did you realize the beauty that God uh, gave you? Uh, where were you, uh, and uh, what what brought it on to you, and how did others react to it? Hmm. That's a good question. So 
Um, just to make sure I'm answering the question that you asked. You asked me, where was I when I realized that God um, basically had a purpose in my life? Is that the question yes, that you asked? Yes, and that you realized the beauty that God gave you. Mm, love that. I love that question. And it's so neat that you mentioned that because I just got done talking with a couple of friends about the same <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, wow. I was actually in college. I was in college, and um, I found myself at a Christian college and really in between that fighting stage where I was going, you know, I, I really didn't want to be closer with God, but yet I felt like I couldn't get away from him <laughs> either. It's an awesome place to be. Um, and I actually had this professor um, that just had a, just I don't know, just tuned in that realized that I was struggling, and he taught Bible. And he invited me. He's like, look, he's like, I got an hour every day. Um, during the evening, right before dinner, that I just open my office hours for students to come in. And here's the deal. I've got coffee down there, which for a college student, you're like, yes, and hot chocolate down there. So coming down and visit. Well, I did a lot of time mainly just for the coffee. Um, but eventually I opened up and said, you know, I don't get, basically the question I was talking about earlier, I don't get how a loving God can create all these amazing things, but, yes, mess up so much on me. You explain that to me. I put a point blank to him, and I'll never forget his response. He waited for a second, made sure I had his eyes, <laughs> and looked into my eyes and said, God has such an amazing plan for your life, and God does not make mistakes. And although I didn't believe it at the time, I knew that he had such passion and purpose behind it. I wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. And it made me change a lot of my thoughts. And for the first time in my life, I was actually digging into the Bible. And, and he gave me the freedom to ask questions and be okay with not believing everything at first and talk it out. He gave me that safe space to, tru- I'm sorry, to truly discover who I was in Christ. And mm-hmm. that was the space that I needed. So I was actually baptized April 11, 2001. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just celebrated 15 years yesterday. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> how did, how did, did others see the, uh, the change, the difference in you, and the, the, how did others uh, react to it? Mm. It was hard a little bit. Cause, you know, I, I told my parents, hey, I got baptized. They're like, okay, you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what now, you know? Like I was kind of just lingering, like, okay, what's going to happen next? Um, one thing that happened is I really started um, writing a lot more. And I look back now as a writer and go, oh, I see what you're doing, God. You know, <laughs> I saw what you're doing there. And I just had a passion for writing that came out of nowhere um, that just really just sparked and wanted to share it with other people. Um, another thing is that I started smiling a lot more. I know that sounds just nothing, but I just, for the first time, mm-hmm. I really felt like if God's word is true mm-hmm. and if God can be trusted and believed in, mm-hmm. then I have something to smile about. Mm-hmm. I have something mm-hmm. to live life for. Mm-hmm. And I started checking out ministry and what youth ministry looked like and children's ministry looked like and family ministry looked like. And a little bit by little bit, I mean, it was hard. I struggled um, for a while, especially some of my closer friends knew that there were some changes going on with me and I had to part ways with some of them. But I had a new group of friends that came around me that loved me for who I was and who I still married one of them. <laughs> and um, not only that, um, do you know they're still around us to this day. 
and it gave me the freedom, like I said, to be myself and to have God's flow pour out of that. So if there's anything I do to encourage anyone out there, give someone the safe space to talk freely about how they're feeling and unmask, and you can be that witness to somebody that maybe they never had. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you are a great affirmation of what, what God can do for, for so many of us, and, and his blessings on us are just just amazing. Thank you very much for sharing. I appreciate your answers to my questions. Thank you. Goodbye. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, caller. You're welcome. Um, if there's anyone else out there who wants to uh, get in a call before we close the show, again, our guest call in is one six four six. Seven one six nine three nine seven. Um, Bethany, I am. Uh, my nose is running. I'm so touched by everything Aww. that uh, that you've shared. Um, moving forward, where do you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to do? Hmm. Well, it's kind of funny how God works. Um. You know, this book has been amazing, and I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to put it out there, and that's that. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. And God's telling me, nope, um, you're going to come back to this, and you're going to hold on to this for a while. So I didn't expect that to happen, really. I know I'm one of those people that, okay, I finished one thing, let's move the next. You know, I'm just, that's all I'm wired. And for God to really <laughs> slow me down with that, um, he's really taught me that so many people are, you know, they're getting into this book, and they like to read it through, but then it's like they really want to go back to it another time and take it slow, but do it in a community. But they're not totally sure how to make that happen. And so mm-hmm. me behind the scenes, I'm praying. I'm like, okay, God, I, I know I want to do this, but I don't know the hows and ifs and ands and all that kind of stuff about it. And we've been talking for a while. You know, God and I have been talking for a while. <laughs> and it's really because I was about to move forward with something. Uh, that I had uh, in May, and he stopped me. He said, not yet. And out of the blue, um, a couple weeks ago, I was approached by some members of our church, not knowing at all what's going on. And she said, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we really want to form a small group um, here at our church uh, with the book and to go through it one week at a time, one chapter at a time. And I thought, okay, God, that's just awesome. <laughs> so what I'm doing is while they're going through the book, I'm going to be writing silently behind the scenes a Bible study that will be launching in the fall, all about Unmasked, um, that's going to take anyone interested, readers, to go through it a week at a time, but also build a community. And um, a lot of it's going to be based online for those that might not feel you know, like they can do it at the church, but also create, you know, some resources for those that are in church work as well to do that. So it's going to be neat, you know. It's it's like, okay, God, I, I really don't know what the next day is going to bring, but that's exciting <laughs> too. So. It is super exciting. Now that I've read this book, I can totally see how it could be used in a study. Um, to our audience, I just highlighted a couple of the chapters. As I said, the the chapter titles, are so affirming. Um, another is, I am not stuck as is, but free to dream as his. Another is, I am not lost, but riding on his shoulders. Um, I am not a mistake because I am part of his plan. I can, I can. 
totally see how there will be a, a, a great opportunity to build community uh, going through this book. So I wish you every blessing with that. And I think that you're, uh, you're going to find the Lord uses uh, this book in many, many ways that you have no idea about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Um, we have not had any other callers to show up, although some often show up at the end of the broadcast. What parting words, what would you like to have as your parting words to our listeners today, Bethany? Mm. Well, taking a deep breath here because I don't want to be my own words, but I guess the biggest thing I can think of is never stop looking for God's fingerprints. You know, it's so easy to find our fingerprints or what we think we're doing or what other people are telling us to do. Um, But it takes a lot more skill, a lot more rest, and a lot more discernment to really look for God's fingerprints, even in those places where we're not sure if he really, really has touched us. And Mm -hmm. that's my biggest challenge is to encourage everybody out there that God does not make mistakes, that there's a purpose behind everything, and to be able to slow down long enough to see it. So my my motto is always dare to do more than just survive, stand out and thrive. And Linda, your show does just that. And I'm so touched by listening to some of the programs I've gotten a chance to listen to. And you're right, I see that community that you've built. So I think you're doing a great job, and God is blessing you. So thank you so much for this community and ministry that you created on here. Oh, thank you so much, Bethany, for being my guest today. I know you've given my listeners and me a lot to ponder on the value of taking off our mask and how we can thrive, even in the face of major life challenges and trials, by relying on Christ. And I love that parting word of never stop looking for God's fingerprints. Mm. Listeners, I highly, highly recommend this book. Stop and order it today. We've only covered a small part of the inspiration that it holds. And this is a book to give to those you love to help them grow their faith too. Um, Last thing, Bethany, do you have any shout-outs before we close today? I love that word, shout out. That always makes me smile. Um, Well, hey, I got to shout out to you, first of all. Thank you again, Linda, for allowing me to be on here, and it's such an honor. I mean, I just, I was so shocked when uh, she first told me that she wanted me. I was like, what? What? Me on your show? That's like awesome. So it's so cool to be on here. Um, And I'm going to do a shout out to everybody there at Christian Coach Institute, um, because they did a great job uniting us, and and Janice, uh, she knows amazing so I just wanted to do shout out to them and you know just thank you again for having me on here I really appreciate it Linda thank you thank you thank you Bethany um, and to our ladies out there uh, if you or someone you know is struggling with major change or life challenges and you can't seem to get the results you want on your own consider life coaching Um, My six Inspired Choices Life Coaching Program is one 
where you will not only gain clarity and confidence to make good decisions for yourself, but in addition to my coaching, you will have the great support of other women at the same time. Go to my website, lindastevensjones.com, for more information, or there you can also schedule a free discovery session with me. I want to give a shout-out to every listener out there who relates to wearing a mask and now dares to take it off and to begin moving from surviving to thriving. Thank you again, Bethany and audience. I thank you for tuning in today. I thank our caller who joined us. And if you or someone you know wants to share your story to encourage others, please email me on Linda on lcrn at gmail.com. And remember, mark your calendars for our next broadcast on April 26th at 12 noon Eastern, that's the fourth Tuesday, when my guest will be Mr. Tony Small, a White House Millennium and National Award-winning composer, orchestrator, and pianist. I know you'll be inspired by what Tony has to share. That's April 26th at 12 noon Eastern. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks again, Bethany. And until next time, stay blessed.